global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, S&P 500 index closing near a record, a strongest job gain since October, giving stocks another leg up. S&P climbing 32 points to 21.29, a gain of 1.5%. NASDAQ rallied 80 points today, up 1.6%. To 49.56. Dow Industrials up 250 points, up 1.4% to 18,146. Tenure up 830 seconds at yield 1.35%. Gold up $4 the ounce to 13.66, up three tenths of 1%. And crude oil up five cents a barrel, 45.19 for West Texas Intermediate, a gain of one tenth of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Want to buy a European soccer team? Well, get in line. Chinese companies have agreed to pay at least 400 million euros over the next two years for AC Milan, formerly owned by Silvio Berlusconi. And the sale comes as Chinese investment in European football has grown rapidly. Last month, Chinese retail group Suning Holdings paid about $300 million for a 70% stake in Inter Milan, another soccer soccer team. Why is this interest so popular? Let's find out from Chris Russo, Managing Director in the Tech, Media, and Telecom Group of Houlihan Loki. And he joins us in studio. Chris, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. So why would anyone pay 400 million euros or $300 million for a European soccer team? Well, I think what you've been seeing over the last couple of years is the economics of these teams get a lot better. Part of that is because of new TV rights deals that uh, are really becoming uh, big, large, uh, compelling uh, revenue streams for these teams, especially in the EPL and some of the other major territories. I think what you're also seeing is that uh, Europe is where the action is right now in terms of teams being available. When you think about the United States, there really aren't that many pro teams that have sold in the past couple of years. So Europe is really the opportunity that people are looking at. Well, do people though still look at European teams and maybe South American teams as the place to get the premier soccer teams because they've been doing it for so long, right? And 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 I think that's one of the reasons why the sport's more popular. There's so many people who have come to the United States to live. They're watching the sport on top of all the kids that's, that played now for so long and become soccer fans to a certain extent. Well, well, clearly in, in other parts of the world, soccer has been popular for longer. But now what you see happening in the United States is more and more young fans are becoming English Premier League fans, La Liga fans, etc. But you're also seeing a lot of strength in Major League Soccer as well, where franchise fees have gone from about $10 million to $100 million over the last 10 years. So I think both in terms of the U.S. teams and the international teams, there's been a lot of growth. Tell us about some of the U.S. investors who have been purchasing these uh, European and uh, English uh, soccer teams. Sure. I, I recently, Josh Harris, who's a head of Apollo Investments, uh, invested in Crystal Palace. Uh, Jason Levian, who owns uh, D.C. United, uh, just bought Swansea City. Uh, there are a, a number of existing investors, uh, the, the Malcolm Glazer family uh, and, and Stan Kroenke. So there are about six uh, Premier League teams now that are owned by Americans, and I think it's becoming viewed as a better investment, again, in part because the economics are better, uh, in part because there's a perception that there's even more growth ahead for soccer, both in the U.S. and overseas. 
Overseas, I'm surprised because I would think that overseas it's already so hot, so strong. In many countries, that's really the only major sport you have. You don't have, you know, four or five like the United States does. Yeah, well, I think that, that in terms of maybe the rights fees in, in Europe, those are, are, are strong, but there are also opportunities to sell the product via TV in China, in the developing world, in the U.S. and South America. So a lot of the revenue streams are not, not only being driven by what's happening in Europe, but by the TV distribution to other parts of the world. Well, I note that part of your experience, you know, the lengthy list, but part of your experience is the NFL Internet Network, That's yes. that business model. Tell us how that can apply to some of these teams. Well, I think what you're seeing with a lot of, uh, a lot of teams, especially the most popular ones, is they're looking at themselves as media brands unto themselves. So they're creating over-the-top networks, video networks that are reaching fans directly, not necessarily in their home territories, but in other parts of the world. So if you're Manchester United, you now have a, a way to deliver great video content to fans all over the world and be able to charge for that. So I think the digital revolution has really opened up a lot of new revenue streams for these global brands. You know, and yet there are still people who just can't bear to watch soccer live on, you know, in, in person or on television because there's not enough scoring. It takes too long, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think I think fans in the U.S. Uh, especially are getting a lot more sophisticated in the way they watch the game and understand the, the beauty and excitement of a great corner kick or a great pass. And so I think as people get more involved in the sport, uh, they become to, they come to appreciate uh, things other than just the score. And also the technology that is used in television to show the match has changed. Uh, absolutely. There are, are more interesting graphics and stats and data that make it more compelling. I think you're able to see more uh, pre-game and post-game information and, and recaps and highlights. So all of that enhanced experience really makes it more interesting for the fan. One of the aspects, of course, of this unique summer of soccer, as you <laughs> like to call it, Chris Russo, the Olympics later this summer are going to feature the powerhouse U.S. women's soccer team. But are, it seems like the, the money... And the interest in these deals are still much more with men's soccer than women's. Is it partly because there just isn't as much women's soccer around the world as there is men's? Well, in, in the United States, the, the women's U.S. women's team is is very popular, draws huge ratings when it when when the team plays in the Olympics or the World Cup. The the U.S. women's leagues have not been as successful uh, as I think people would have hoped. But I do think that that can happen over time. And I think certainly there are a lot of young girls who play soccer growing up who are becoming fans later. And I think there really are bright prospects for women's soccer going forward, even though I, I think they have a ways to go in, in terms of the commercial uh, revenues that are generated. Just wondering if you have any thoughts just quickly about the uh, Olympics that are going to be taking place in uh, Brazil. Is that going to come off all right? Yeah, I, I, I hope it will. I've certainly read the same stories you do about some of the challenges they're having there, about Zika, etc. But I think once the game gets, games get going and people focus on the stories and the competition, um, my hope is that all, all of that will be behind us. Well, we got to hope. For the athletes, we got to hope for Brazil. They've had a lot of tough stuff this year. Chris Rope, Russo, we hope that you will come back soon. Thank you very much for having me. He's managing director in the tech media telecom group, Hulahan Loki, here in New York City. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox. We thank you for joining us on Taking Stock today. We want to thank John Lauder and Reggie Bazile, our technical directors today, and our erstwhile producer day in and day out, Samara Sam Langa. This is Taking Stock. This is Bloomberg. 
Coming up, Bloomberg Law is brought to you by Bank of America Merrill Lynch, committed to bringing higher finance to lower carbon. Named the most innovative investment bank for climate change and sustainability by the banker. That's the power of global connections. Bank of America, NAFDIC.